1: Apply for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts. So you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten
1: lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really?
0: Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
1: I never win and tell.
0: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voila prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Good evening, and welcome to this episode of the Full Press Coverage FPC Raiders Podcast. My host, Terrence Biggs. With my co-host, he is the pride of Morgan State, Malik Obi. Obi, what's cracking?
3: up, T. Just ready for this week to start. Start the NFL season is finally here.
2: Yes, back in business. Yeah, uh, which is also one of my one of the favorite EPMD uh, CDs I've you know I can remember. But we're gonna get right to it. What was your initial thoughts about the final 53 on the roster?
3: Um, I mean, I think that the Raiders, you know, they wasted some money this off season, and and, and the shows in terms of you know some of the signings that they made that didn't pan out, and some of the draft picks that they you know whiffed on, or whatever the case may have been namely trading Lynn Bowden and, you know, Marcus Mariota being on the IR and still having a major gap at safety position and being very young in terms of corners and wide receivers. I think it's going to be a very interesting year in terms of their, you know, experience and trying to see what type of team they put together for the first year in Vegas with the experience level of most of the players on the team. I mean, most of the starters are very very young. so. It'll be interesting to see going forward, you know, what they get out of this young group.
2: Now, when you look at – I'm going to take two players in general. Tanner Muse, Javen White. One was a third-round pick, one was an undrafted player. The undrafted player apparently, according to reports, outplayed and showed out while the third-round draft pick didn't do as well as anticipated. White is on the practice squad and Muse is on IR. Mm-hmm. Do you think that Mayock and Gruden reached a couple of times? Just initially, just first thoughts, not like long term, but gut feeling.
3: Definitely did. I think that there was some sure. I mean, I mean, nobody's a surefire, but I thought they they, you know, had some opportunities to address some, you know, needs and especially in the third round, and they flopped on it. And in terms of, like, even Lin Bowden, I mean, you know, you have a chance to get a modern-day player that can play multiple positions, do multiple things, and they let him go because they said he didn't run block or whatever the case may have been. I think it was a waste of the picks, a waste of the third-round picks. And the only, you know, you're banking on right now is Ryan Edwards being, you know, Having to come in and be an ex in his first year because you wasted money on Tyrell Williams who hasn't been healthy. So, I mean, I definitely think that they, you know, it's kind of it's not clear yet what their direction of the team is. And you know, aside from getting quote unquote good players, but that's be the, that's to be determined. And it's just all over the place. So it'll be, you know, it definitely some of the moves look questionable as of right now, and they definitely did on draft night.
2: Now, when I look at the the bottom one, it sticks out. The bottom trade sticks out for a couple of reasons. One, just like you said, he was one of the most versatile players in the draft, and if you listen to him tell it, if you listen to stands or ardent supporters tell it, that John Gruden is some offensive mastermind, a wizard, if you will if you're an offensive mastermind and wizard, how do you not find a guy who can play, like, four positions? Right. That doesn't make sense to me. Like, even if you start off as a, as a returner, that's a good start. Third down back or slot guy, cool. Like, packages, that's fine. But they really, really spent a third-round pick on a guy they could just couldn't scheme for. And that, I don't know, when I saw the trade, I was stunned because how do you give up on a guy with that kind of talent?
3: Exactly. I mean, especially nowadays when you have teams that are drafting guys purely to be wildcat RPO quarterbacks or in in the case of what you have on your own roster, You have a guy like Marcus Mariota who's shown nothing. None of your backup quarterbacks have shown anything. Your starting quarterback has barely shown anything. You know, why wouldn't you keep this guy as a possible third string quarterback? I don't get it, but who knows? I mean, for me, like, it just,
2: just like you said, they spent so much money that they have thrown away. Tyrell Williams, is has gone. Like, he's gone. And you could have spent that money elsewhere. Just, I mean, he's just not coming back. And I saw a stat where they spent a bunch of third-round picks over the last few years on Antonio Brown, Martavis Bryant. I mean, Lynn Bowden, guys who, you know, didn't, well, Bryant is the only one who played, but then he got suspended. But then you got guys who they spent so much money on receivers that never panned out, and so much so much draft capital. If you had to assess who, not so much the fault, but who should earn some of this um, criticism, do you think it should be Mayock or Gruden, or a combination of both?
3: I definitely think it's both. I mean, you you know, so you, every. Every move, people just speculate who's to blame for it. But at the end of the day, you're working together. You're supposed to be putting together this amazing product for a new city. You know, this coach, that, this mythical coach that got a 10-year deal and continues to be question marks about everything that he's done. The, field, the production on the field hasn't been there. The moves have been questionable. So they both need to get blamed for it.
2: Now, I'm sure you saw the the car quotes. Because apparently, with the season ten, you know, super close, he likes to get a little chatty. He pretty much said he's gonna ignore the uh, criticism, and he's excited what they've done over the last three years. They're like 17 and 31 over the last three years. At at right. what point you're also in the media? At what point of your report you just you know what just if you were in the room, just stop asking car questions.
3: I, I, mean, uh, I, I mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, just like, you know, everybody's in there is trying to get something to write about. So, I mean, I get why people are asking just the starting quarterback questions, but, I mean, I don't know. If everybody's looking to get, a story and make a story out of something. So I understand it, but I don't know if I would stop asking because most of the time in that situation, you only might get one question. So you got to take who you can and what you can get. So
2: That's fair. When we come back from break, I want to discuss your level of confidence in the team by position group. You are listening to the FBC Raiders podcast on the full press coverage radio network. We are back with the FPC Raiders podcast. I'm speaking with Obi. Obi, on a scale of one to five, you know, one being you have none, five being we're about to print these Super Bowl tickets. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you the position group, quick number about your level of confidence in, in entering the season. Okay. Are You ready? Quarterback. Three. Mm-hmm. Three. Running back.
3: Five. Damn.
2: Wide receivers. Three. Tight end? Four. O line. Five. That's fair. Defensive line.
3: Three and a
2: half. Linebacker.
3: Three and a half. Corners. Two and a half. Too young.
2: Safeties.
0: Two.
2: Oh. Wow. Just is it because of the it, like those who will be alongside Jonathan Abram or is it just like the lack of playmaking depth.
3: I mean, Abram played one, what two quarters? Maybe he's got to get the kinks out. Heath and Heath is a role, play, a rotation guy. Eric Harris is a rotation guy. No matter what kind of feel good story they're trying to get out of him, they won't move Joyner to safety. Um, they released Randall. Uh, corners are young. I mean, Mullen is pretty decent, but Damon Arnett, I mean, everybody looks good in camp. I think that he has the tools to succeed, but cornerback is probably the toughest position on the field, in my opinion, and we're talking about a first-year guy with no preseason. Um, Nickel, LaMarcus Joyner, he had way too much responsibility last year, and he's short. The Raiders have a short secondary overall. It's, I mean, it's a toss-up on how it works, but I'm not going to blindly just say they're going to be Super Bowl champions when you have maybe the the guy with the most experience in that entire secondary is LaMarcus Joyner and Jeff Heath, who's not going to start. So, I mean, sense. it's just uh, a lot of team of young guys.
2: That makes sense. Now, you said that the defensive line was uh, – What what about the defensive line gives you the most concern?
3: I mean, you have Kalina Farrell, he's bulked up, that doesn't mean anything until we see something on the field. Uh, and Malik Collins looks good on paper, Mohurst Mo is taking steps, but, I mean, there's nothing on paper, there's nothing substantial to proves that, that, you know, that leads us to believe that the Raiders' defense is going to be dominant at any level. There's not, there's no, there's nothing. You know, even the improvements last year it was really one guy, and that was Max Crosby, who was a surprise to many, but he didn't really have any type of help in terms of interior push. You know, and now teams are going to be keying in on him. They need the interior to step up. I really like Malik Collins. I like Mo Hurst, but Right? And and Ferrell, TBD, like and Cleveland Farrell, TBD, you know, that entire line aside from Crosby is a question mark. Who knows what they're going to do? You know, it's just a toss-up, really. It's not, there's no guarantee that, you know, they're going to produce. Even Marinelli being there doesn't mean anything until we see something happening. So, I mean, we've known, we've watched the Raiders for years, there's not a guarantee that any any signing or draft pick is going to be a short thing for the Raiders. It's more of a surprise than anything. It's not even just about the players, it's about the scheme. You just got to, you just had a team that drafted a, 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 a wide receiver slash quarterback and then they wanted him to play running back and then they wanted him to run block and he didn't so they cut him before they played the game. There's no, there shouldn't be any false hope. It's just let's see what happens. There's, you know, The Raiders have made some pretty idiotic moves in terms of front office, in terms of coaching, to not put players in the best position to succeed. There's still a toss-up on who's going to be in charge, really, of the defense, Marinelli or Gunther. Gunther might get cut, I mean, released, I mean, fired halfway through the season, might get stay the whole season. He might be in control, he might not be. We don't know. I mean, the Raiders are not a winning team. There's no, there's no, they have no identity. There's no reason to believe anything substantial about the defense at all. The best part of the team is the offensive line. That's the most substantial part about the team.
2: Now, when I look at all the signings, and you mentioned, we just talked about the defensive line, the Nassib signing just so strange to me still, like you're paying all that money for a guy who might not start I mean, that's a lot of cash. That is a lot of money for this, this dude. Not just that a lot of money, but a lot of guaranteed money where you drafted a defensive end with the fourth overall pick. The other defensive end was like a third day pick who notched 10 sacks.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Like signing a guy to a decent, uh, more than decent deal is strange to me. Like who does, who does Nassib Swipe snaps from
3: Farrell. I mean, you you've already seen what you can get out of Max Crosby with very limited help. So it's up to Farrell. There's no reason to believe that Farrell has a lock on his job. You know, people get excited over the little things. Car, uh, you know, Derek Carr makes a statement and people believe him. You know, Cleveland Farrell puts on weight. I mean, you want the best for these players. You want the best for the Raiders, but just empty hopes and lists. There's no preseason. Everybody's going to be in a slump already. And then you have guys that haven't really proven themselves that can say or look the part. That's not what football is about. It's about what you actually do. So he's going to take snaps from Farrell, who has not proven himself yet and has a ways to go. So why would they put an unproven player back on the field and rely on him when they have somebody that they think will be reliable and that they've already paid a a decent amount of money to?
2: Now, a couple of years ago you had the foresight to predict that Nick Kyukowski would be a raider. Like you said it before anyone else. You put it out there, I think it was was it August of twenty eighteen? hmm. You had the tweet and you said this man will be a raider. When you look at his game now and you look at the the construct of the Gunther slash Marinelli defense. What is Kawakami's ceiling in Vegas?
3: I mean, I personally think that he's going to end up being the Mike um, of the defense. He's really he's pretty solid against the run, and having a guy like Corey Littleton take some of the pressure off him to be the main guy chasing around tight ends, chasing guys up the seam, playing you know zone coverage he's going to be able to read and react and make plays coming down and he can hold his own pretty decent in terms of zone coverage and man coverage decent not great but decent enough but he can be a, a solid starting middle linebacker in this league i don't think that he's going to be a pro you know all pro or anything but he's going to be solid and the Raiders have had very few solid inside linebackers in the last 20 years. So it would definitely be a, a plus to have him produce, you know, he produced with, you know, on limited snaps in Chicago. And they're hoping to get that. And if, I think that if he's a middle linebacker and not given an abundance of responsibility outside of, you know, doing what he's supposed to do, you know he he'll be okay, but you know he's been a, he's been named the captain, so we'll see how that goes. But I think that he's going to be a solid starter.
2: When we come back from break, I want to get into a preview of Sunday's game and give your thoughts about predictions for the season. You are listening to the FBC Raiders podcast on the Full Press Coverage Radio Network.
1: With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: We are back with the FPC Raiders podcast. Terrence Biggs and Leek Obi. Obi, when the Raiders go down to Carolina and they face a Panthers team that is in the midst of a massive rebuild, I want to focus on the offense first. Now, Carolina tends to, well, under Matt Rule, apparently, they're going to use a three wide receiver set and. Not really emphasize the tight end, which Christian McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey will probably try to win going backside when the, through, the receivers are split out on the strong side. When you look at McCaffrey's game now, any, do you think that somebody like uh, Raquan McMillan will be up to the task of being able to control number 22?
3: No, I don't think there's a. I don't think that there's a linebacker on the Raiders that's going to be able to chase him and follow him around. That's not Raekwon Mill- McMillan's specialty in terms of like chasing him out of the backfield. He's he can come down and play the run, but you know he's going to be he's going to be running angles and all type and bubbles and everything and or he might line up in a slot. He can do a lot, and that's not what I'm asking Raekwon McMillan to do. So, uh, I mean, the best shot would be, like I said, Corey Littleton as a weak side linebacker. Um, But McMillan, no.
2: It's interesting because this, this game features, for uh, Carolina, two receivers that you have been high, high on for the longest time, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. Now, D.J. Moore is a guy, I think, out of Maryland that Mm -hmm. you had, you know, you dissected his game. What does he do or what have you seen that jumps out to you?
3: Um, He's a very good route runner. He's very polished on his routes already, so um, he's going to have, you know, most likely he's going to have a matchup with Damon Arnett and Arnett is gonna it's a good it's gonna be a good first test for him as Moore is getting in you know hitting his stride and really, you know, trying to establish himself as a top fifteen receiver in this league, which he can be this year. Um he's just very crisp on his routes, you know, and, and, and that's and, and his patience with patience with his releases has improved since his time in Maryland gradually, so it's going to be a good test for Arnett, you know, trying to keep up with him and, you know, stay in front of him, stay on top of him. So that, you know, it's, it's his route running is, is the big deal for me. And when
2: you look at a Robbie Anderson, you know, he's an angular, taller uh, wideout. He's in an offense with a, a quarterback that doesn't like, well, I said doesn't like, doesn't really favor vertical shots too often, but with Anderson, the presence is there, and you look at a guy like Curtis Samuel, apparently, according to folks at the Charlotte Observer and various reports, he has struggled in camp under Matt Rule, but the talent is undeniable. He's one of those guys that you can line up in the backfield, you can split out, you can do so many things. Where, Uh to me, where the Raiders should feast that offensive line and spots is quite thin, and should. This is one of those games that you, like you said, you look at a, Cle, a Cleveland Farrell. This is when you need to not so much pad stats, but you need to have stats.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, defensively, that the front four, that is the pretty much the heart and soul of that entire team. Now you got Burns short. Derek Brown, Stephen Weatherly. Let's ignore Stephen Weatherly for for a, a minute, like much of the league has. But Burns is one of those guys that if he lines across from Colton, Colton Miller, I mean, what can what can Colton Miller do to slow him, slow Burns down?
3: I mean, that's going to be the test of his progression. I mean, he's not gonna it's not going to get any easier for him. If he's not able to deal with a, a solid second-year guy, you know, the division is stacked with some of the best pass rushers in the league. You got, you know, you got two top, well, you got four top 15 pass rushers in the league in the AFC West. There's really no excuse. I mean, if he's going to continue to progress, then he has to be able to contain and move his feet with a guy like Burns, who's a, who's a, a, a lankier guy, but is very sound technically. I mean, it's not going to get much easier for him. So, I mean, this is the guy that they've, you know, put their trust in as their franchise left tackle. You know, and uh, you know he has to just step up. He has to move his feet and try, to stay, and try his best to stay in front of him.
2: Various depth charts have former Raider Tahir Whitehead as a starting middle linebacker. That actually, if you are a fan of the Raiders, that should bring you comfort because you know you've seen this man in coverage. You've seen his issues in coverage. They also have 10-minute Raider Eli Apple as one of their starting cornerbacks. It's not so much the back seven that concerns me, it's the front four. If the blocking is there this game in my opinion shouldn't be close because of the lack of defense on Carolina. But I'm I'm going to ask you what is your prediction for this game? Who who wins this and why?
3: I think the Raiders win the game, maybe I say 23 to 17 more so based on the fact that they have a solid run game and you know they're going to rely on Josh Jacobs to pretty much control the pace of the game and Darren Waller to to you know really capitalize on short and intermediate throws in terms of the rest of the guys and in terms of Edwards and Rugs I, I don't think that the Raiders are going to ask Derek Carr to go balls against the wall and throw you know throw them to victory especially with guys that young and, and experienced. But he's going to rely more on the veterans and Waller and now Refro for short and intermediate you know, throws to get down the field and try to control the clock. Um, in terms of defense, the Raiders' defense is very young, but Teddy Bridge, Bridgewater is uh, its going to be more so on who can control the clock the best because Teddy Bridgewater is not going to try to outthrow Derek Carr to win this game. It's going to be about clock control and everything short and immediate. Robbie Anderson showed that he can, you know, he's improved on the route tree, especially in everything, you know, in, you know, uh, you know, in, uh, in short and intermediate routes last year. So, you know, he's going to be their wide receiver one. He's going to have to step up. But, I mean, I I, I just think that the Raiders have the best chance to win this game. And if they don't, then it says something. It'll say, It'll say a lot about Explore, you know, exposing what's wrong with the offense or the defense early. But I think the Raiders will win a close game. That really shouldn't be close, but they'll win it.
2: It's funny to piggyback off that thought. I think that on paper, this is a game that the Raiders should win, Henley, by the start of the second half, this game should be over. But there's always that nagging, that that seed of doubt that with the Raiders, I can't think of too many games in the last four or five years where they have won it going away. It's a, it's, it's few, but I, there's something about that Carolina secondary that is bad. It is bad it is bad, but there's also something about the, a linebacker that just doesn't sit right. I honestly think that 27 14 Las Vegas should probably be it. Like it's, It'll be a lot tighter than it should be, but it won't be like a razor-thin Victor. It'll be comfortable. Now, if folks want to contact you on Twitter and also on the new and improved YouTube channel, which if you all want to check out good videos, like set the good music, the graphics are right there. It is a multimedia extravaganza. Where can people find your content all over social media?
3: Um, you can find me on Twitter at NFL Malik, M A L I I K. And my YouTube channel is Malik Obis Football for Fanatics. Um, really, right now, I've been posting some of my top 10 uh, lists for players at various positions. And then once the season starts, I'm going to start breaking down plays, talk board style, and, you know, getting really dissecting a lot and, you know, kind of breaking the game down for everyone to understand and just going from there.
2: He is the DOC of FPC, my man, league, Obi. Obi, I can't wait to look at the, you know, look at the our videos because, you know, I learn a lot. It's informative and it's always good, solid opinions. It's, it's not just players that you may like more than the others as far as based on, oh, this guy is cool. It's more of, It's substance and content, and it it works, it works, it works. You can find us at FBC underscore Raiders on Twitter. You can find all our content on fullpresscoverage.com, backslash Raiders. From Lee Obie, Terrence Biggs, this has been another episode of FBC Raiders. Be good to yourselves and be good to each other. Good night.
3: Good night, people.
1: With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.